This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. What's up? What's up? What's up with the what's up? Listen. Welcome to the MMA Hip Takes Podcast. This is the recap show. We got some stuff to get into. I'm going to go over the uh, UFC Saturday, my betting rec- record, record. A uh, little bit of a Twitter exchange I had to see. Am I wrong? Am I wrong, guys? We'll give you my thoughts on John Jones' latest arrest. I've been kind of sitting on it for a little bit. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to jump to judgment, so I need to sit on that one just for a little bit. And then obviously we'll give you my uh, my fucking sick, sick ultimate contender series breakdown, which everyone loves. You know, I go on there. The topology. I don't know many of the fighters, and I give you winners, and I'm usually right. Except last week, the one guy I did know, who I do follow, who I am high on, Aaron Jeffrey, lost. It's the only one I I've known this season that I was confident. In. I follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter, followed his records, followed his career outside the UFC, and he loses to a guy. That refers to himself as a fight nerd, yet he's got a throat tattoo. Bro, don't know how much of a nerd you are by uh, rocking that throat tattoo. Anyway, I don't know which order I should do this in. So, let's see. I'll go. Let's go betting recap. Had a good week, almost up five units, which is pretty good. UFC 266, which it seems like every capper in the world uh, had a good week. I did not, but I had a good week this week. Um, so my plays were Kyle Dawkins, Casey Neal, Jamie Malarkey, all straight up. Obviously, Casey Neal, 1.5 units, Jamie Malarkey, 0.6 units, and then Kyle Dawkins, 0.9 units. Um, Dawkins pushed, got my money back, and then Malarkey hit as an underdog play, and then Casey Neal uh, looked fantastic. And then my slime ball parlay, which was only two legs, um, you know, sometimes I get greedy. And I knew I was going to do multiple units because I want to get back. I want to get back in there. I want to win. I want to win. Uh, I gave you Nico Price and Casey O'Neill on my slime ball. Both won. That was three units at plus 118. Still got you a plus number on that one, so I'm happy about that. And then uh, another little parlay that I hit as well was uh, Jamie Malarkey, which I was very confident in that fight. And then Joe Selecki versus Jared Gordon. Fight goes to decision. That was at plus 148 odds. I got that at one unit as well. So that was very nice. And then I lost Misha Serkinov versus Chris Jocko fight to end in round one uh, at plus 200. And then Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker under two and a half rounds. Two units. Two fucking... Because I remember I went and checked this this morning, the bet MMA tips. And uh, obviously, I, I, you know, I, my, I emptied my FanDuel account out for this card. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just go all in. I'm confident in my picks. I'm not on vacation anymore. I don't have beach brain. Let's go. So I did very well. I'm up. But I was like, I should be up more. So I checked better MMA tips. I'm like, you know, okay, checks out, checks out. Yeah, Doc is kind of hurt with the no contest. We'll get into that result and blah, 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 all this stuff. Obviously, you know, half unit on Serkinov is Jocko going, you know, out of the first round because Misha Serkinov never does. Goes to the decision. Fucking, of course. And then I was like, fuck. Two units, because I was thinking, uh, you know, minus 215 odds, I want to at least get a hundo, you know, because my hundreds are units. So that that hurt. That hurt. But, you know, we're still up almost five units on the night. Um, not bad. Not a bad uh, not a bad outing for a little fight night here. Um, yeah, so we'll go over it. We'll You know, we'll go over it. 
recap done. We'll go over it first and foremost, not first and foremost. I have, you know, I shout out a few people on here. Usually guys that I know, I don't know this person. Uh, you know, I listen to his podcast, Cody Safdick, which I'm sure if you were listening to me, you know who he is. He's the co-host of Dogger Pass podcast. This guy is on an absolute fucking tear. He is maybe, maybe the best capper. Um, you know, there's very few times where when I listen to Dog and Pass, I disagree with him, right? And it's tough for another capper to admit that a capper is, you know, the best, right? A lot of a lot of times guys get praised by guys who tail them or whatever. But when you're in this business, and this is really a business because I don't charge my picks, but when you're in this world and there's ego and, and all this shit involved, it's really hard to be like, oh, this guy's fucking good. This motherfucker don't miss. This dude is good. But that's Cody Safdick. I mean, he he's hit um, a PR, PRP, which I actually don't know what it stands for. I think it's like a little, um, it has to be like personal best, whatever. Essentially what it is, is he gives you a parlay. Everyone loves parlays. That's, that's in, in capping and betting, everyone loves parlays. Because they want to put $10 down and they want to win 200 That's all, that's what they want. Um, so everyone loves parlays. And he gives you out his three or two best picks. Then he goes, add this person, add this person. He does that for every fight in the card, right? For two weeks now, he's hit the PRP, which he's got every single fight right. Dawkins was a push, which kind of sucks or whatever. But regardless, he's gotten every single fight right, which is wild, which is incredible, right? I went 10 and 1 on my picks on this card. I did not do a full uh, a full pick them or, excuse me, full parlay like that. Uh, I missed on the, the, the young Egger fight, but still. This motherfucker don't miss. And again, I, I I follow him on Twitter. He doesn't follow me. We've never had an interaction. He's on uh sometimes him and MMA Lock and I do a show, the prop show. Um I enjoy him. And he's and he's and he's fucking good. He's good. He's probably the best right now. And I think a lot of cappers aren't gonna admit that because, you know, why would they admit that when they're selling picks? I don't think he sells his picks. You know, he works for Mayo Media. Um, I believe he's a matchman. He does a bunch of other things outside of this. So, but I mean, Dogger Pass Podcast. He's giving you the picks for free. He's giving you the picks, the 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 picks on um his his Twitter for free as well. So, cappers that are charging money for their Patreon for one or two bets a week, you know, they're probably not going to come out and be like, "Oh, this dude's fucking good." You know, they might be like, "Hey, respect, man. Cool. My turn's next." And you got to have that positive mindset because I eventually want to hit one of these fucking things. I don't really gamble that way. I haven't really done too many parlays like that. I used to do that when I was very uh, coming up. I would put like man, five or 10 bucks on like a just let me pick the whole card and see if I get it right types. And I was always one or two off or three off or four off or whatever. But that's pretty fucking slick. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, two weeks in a row, too. That's pretty goddamn impressive. So I just want to pay respect to him. I was going to tweet out and he's getting a million tweets. Everyone, you know. Everyone's telling the same thing. I didn't want to be lost in tweets. He doesn't listen to this. He doesn't listen to the podcast. But you, you know, if it, it, I'm a I'm a uh, '90s baby, so well, I'm an '80s baby. Grew up in the '90s, but you put it on wax, babe. This is wax. This is what people listen to. So respect to Cody Safdick. Go follow him. Go listen to Dog and Pass podcast. Um, the guy's giving out absolute fucking winners. Uh, hasn't missed. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, well, now he's going to miss everything. I mean, he he's really not that off most of the time. He's going to give you winners almost every fucking card. Um, he's very, very good. So want to respect that guy uh, while we're talking about betting recaps. 
And uh, let's get into the recaps of this fight night. I gave it a 3.1. I think I was being a little generous. I was not so generous towards some of the fighters on the card. Uh, I'm going to kind of breeze through this, I'm being honest with you. Got a little bit of headache. Football's on. My Bengals already won Thursday night. Hooday. Shout out Hooday. 3-1. No big deal. Uh, they won Thursday night, so I had a little free time on Sunday because wifey goes back to work tomorrow, um, and she's gone all day, so I can't do the podcast on a Monday. So I got to do it today. Girls are gone for the day, so I got to kind of cram it out. But listen, football's on. I love MMA, but I love sitting on the couch, falling asleep, watching football, especially when games don't matter. Like, I don't care who's fucking playing today. My fantasy team's already lost. You know what I mean? I'm horrible at fantasy. I'm going to be 0-4. You know what I mean? Uh, All right, Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. No one in the fucking world saw this fight going the way it went. A lot of people are blaming SGB, John Cavanaugh, because Johnny Walker's, you know, they broke him or whatever. I tweeted out that, it's the same kind of thing with John, with John Jones, right? When John Jones <clears throat> was coming up and doing the, you know, on his rise, he was kind of a wild guy. He threw some crazy shit. And yeah, you got to calm that down. You got to be more technical. You got to be more safe because you're finding more dangerous guys. But also, you still got to have that in your back pocket. You still got to have that wild tendencies back there to keep guys on their toes. And Johnny Walker just fought a really safe fight here. It looked like he was a little scared of the power. He took some shots really well for a guy with no chin. Uh, Tiago Santos landed some big, big shots. They basically just kicked at each other and fainted at each other for five rounds. Both guys' gas tanks uh, held up. No grappling whatsoever. I think Tiago made... Yeah, Tiago shot once, I think, but uh, Johnny stuffed it and they went back to their feet. But other than that, it was just a boring fight. Both guys got two stars. I... I had a horrible headache last night. I was watching this, you know, and I I leaned Walker in some of the rounds, and it, but I I'm not shocked that Santos won. He landed the bigger shots. Both guys did nothing. Neither stock guys rises. I mean, Tiago Santos is 37, 38 years old. Johnny Walker's still a young guy. Seems to be kind of happy that he went five rounds with an elite guy like Santos. Santos called out per, uh, Yuri Perhaja, which I love. If Yuri doesn't want to wait for the title fight, even though he's the backup. For the title fight coming up in uh, in, in October. So maybe, because, um, I mean, Glover and Jan, someone's getting fucked up in that fight, right? I mean, Jan could go out there and starch him and, and maybe be ready in the beginning of the year. And then I think that Yuri, but Yuri's a wild man. He might be like, fuck it. Let's go with Santos in December. And then I'll fight Jan, you know, sometime in March or whatever next year. Uh, he's that crazy. Johnny Walker, I mean, listen, I, I, you can't you can't take the step back now. You can't, you put him in there as a main event. He's an interesting guy, right? I think he had the tendency to be exciting. It just he really laid a dud. Him and Santos both did. So you got to get it, you got to get him in there with a guy that's really going to push him. Maybe like a grappler, maybe like a wrestler or something. Like a lot of people are saying, uh, God damn, I can't forget the saying. There's a guy on Twitter I follow who's great at doing matchmaking. I'm not good at it, but uh, no more step backs from Johnny. Johnny's got to keep going forward. And Tiago, I mean, Tiago's a name. He's right there. He's not getting any younger. Put him in there. I mean, Alexander Rakic wants to fight Anthony Smith. I think Anthony Smith, Tiago rematch at 205 makes all the sense in the world. They fought at 185. It was a fucking barn burner. Uh, let him go again at 205. You know, both different fighters at 205. I like that. But Rakic is in the middle. He wants, you know, he already beat Santos. He already beat Anthony Smith. I mean, what are we going to do with these? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts at 205 right now, but there's not much to say about this fight besides it stinks, you know, but um, Johnny Walker, no more steps back, no more baby steps, go forward, and Tiago, he's right in the mix. All right, next up, Coleman event, Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dawkins, little bit of controversy here, and this is, uh, 
you know, I fall, I don't know if I fall on the majority side or the negative side. So basically, you obviously know what happened. It, it was an accident, had a butt, a headbutt. They both collided heads. And then Kevin Holland went down, got flash knocked out, recovered. Dan Margliata let the fight go on. Kyle Dawkins then proceeded to get him in a couple couple different submissions. He defended and then finally rear naked choke put him out. Uh, he Kevin Holland tapped out, kind of passed out type situation. Kyle Dawkins was a roid, uh, won the fight. Then they went to the replay, and all the fucking commissions and everyone was huddled up, and they decided it was a no contest. So I feel like Kyle Dawkins got absolutely fucking robbed here. Like I understand Kevin Holland got rocked with that headbutt, and that's unfortunate. But Mergliata need to step in right then and there, right? And I don't. I'm still fuzzy on the replay rules. Like if if Mergliata would have stopped it and went to replay and said, "Let me check on this headbutt. Let you recover." Could they restart the fight? Because I think there was one time where they said they couldn't. Now they can. Mergliata saw the headbutt because he issued to the to Herb Dean or whatever outside the cage. Like, hey, that was a headbutt or whatever. I know it happened so quick. So he didn't know what happened and he recovered and Dawkins jumped right on him. But I would have ju- I would have stopped the fight, right? But like, we're going to check the replay. Everyone calm down. We're going to check the replay on this. If Kevin could have continued after the headbutt, five minutes or whatever, let's restart it back up, right? I mean, I mean they were both standing up. It wasn't like they were, uh, Kyle wasn't giving up bad position. They both were on the feet, collide with the headbutt. But... Mergliata let the fight continue. Now, I know that sucks for Kevin Holland. Flash knockout, bounced to his back, and then Kyle got him in a Darce. Kyle got him in a guillotine. He defended both very well, and then Kyle got on his back, rear naked choke, and, and, and choked him out. Kevin Holland, as much said, listen, Doc has knocked me out and choked me out in the same fight, right? I, I think we should run it back. I think everyone knows that the accident headbutt was very unfortunate for Kevin Holland, but you're taking away a guy's win, when he won, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's crazy. What? And then I pose this question. What if Kevin Holland, you know, he got knocked out, right? Fell to the mat. You know, it was a flash knockout. When he hit the mat on his stomach, he popped right back up. What if he landed like an up kick or something or caught Dawkins coming in with something with a submission and want, are they going to overturn that and give Kevin Holland a no contest because he was out of it? There's so many, and this never happened before. This, so this is unprecedented. So we've never really seen this before. Headbutts happen a lot. I mean, Joe B got headbutted in the Devison fight the first time, got knocked out right after that. Um, Randy Couture, if you watched the Chuck Liddell, I think it was Chuck Liddell 2 or Chuck Liddell 3. I can't exactly remember. Yeah, it was, well, Chuck Liddell 2, Randy got poked in the eye. UFC 52, Randy got poked in the eye. They, they caused a pause. Randy couldn't see shit. There was a legal poke in the eye by Chuck. Randy couldn't see shit. Rushed in, got knocked out. Are they gonna Are they gonna overturn that? Then you, uh, UFC fifty UFC fifty seven, Chuck Randy three. Randy slipped right, slipped on um, one of the um, logos on the mat. You can his leg just gives out, and then Chuck, same time landed a shot, put him out. So, are we gonna overturn that as well? It, it's setting a weird precedence, right? Things happen. It's unfortunate. It's the fight business, but taking a win away from Kyle Dawkins when he won the fight, I mean, I, 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 I just I just don't know. I didn't score the fight. I didn't give anybody stars because it was a no contest. Very unfortunate. I had Dawkins. I was all over Dawkins all week. What sucks now is when they run it back, hopefully they will. Dawkins will probably be a favorite. Um, 
And I just don't see any value in Kevin Holland at that point. I mean, he, he looked okay wrestling, right? You know, Dawkins was going to wear on him, and, and, and Kevin Holland, uh, could he have done that for three rounds? I don't know. You know, Dawkins can do that for three rounds, but what are you going to do? But, yeah, I think it was I think it was bullshit. I think Dawkins should have got the win. And then, at worst, Kevin Holland appeal it and be like, hey, man, I got fucking headbutted. No contest afterwards. But the night of the fight, it should have uh, been Dawkins because I think you're, you're going down a tricky road here because there's a lot of funky shit that can happen. This is the first time this has happened. It was completely accidental. They both collided. But I think um, I think this sets a precedent moving forward that some people can kind of use certain things to get out of things. Yeah, I don't know. Just be careful. All right, next up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nico Price versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Sweated this one out a little bit. Nico was the final leg of my parlay. Nico gets a two. Cowboy gets a one. Cowboy just gasses out. This fight stunk as well. Um, you know, Nico just, he used to be a wild man, and, and he kind of went for it. Now he just really doesn't do that. The third round was entertaining because they both were kind of tired, and then Nico landed that takedown at the end. It was 1-1 going into the third. Cowboy's always a problem in those first couple rounds, especially the first round. He's always a problem. He's strong in there. I can't believe this guy used to make 155, but... He always fades. He always, always fades. And Nico is saying he's in the best best shape of his life, cardio-wise, blah, blah, blah. Didn't look it to me, right? He slowed down that third round. He obviously dug deep and landed that takedown and was in some really good ground and pound at the end of the fight, which won him the fight. I have no problem with the decision. I, I thought Nico won 29-28, and I know I had Nico for some money, but uh, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's um, Nico Price, 2-1. Again, I'm not going to have much to say about a lot of these fights, guys, like, It didn't blow my dick off. I mean, not really, right? So, Christoph Jocko versus Misha Serkinov, another fight that I thought stunk. Could have went either way. I saw a lot of people riding Serkinov the plus number. I picked Jocko. And uh, what did I get him? Both got twos because it was very, very even. I thought I, I, I took Jocko to finish or one of these guys to finish in the first round because I thought Misha would be able to take him down, catch a submission. Didn't happen. Jocko has pillow hands, could knock out Misha, which anybody in the world can knock him out. I thought he looked fairly uh, uh, good at 185. I was a little surprised how his cardio did held up. I mean, he definitely slowed down, but I figured he'd be just like Kimbo Slice and, and Houston Alexander just bent over, exhausted. Like, that's what I thought he'd be because uh, he was a pretty muscled up 205-er, but he looked okay. It was, it was it was a boring fight. Neither guy really separated himself from one another, and I'm not paying to see either of these guys fight in a main event in a long time. You know what I mean? If if I see the next main event, like Christoph Jocko versus fucking, you know, Kevin Holland or Kyle Dawkins, just because I'm staring at him, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be super hyped about that main event. Uh, yeah, I just think both these guys are super average. Misha is, is a one-trick pony, and Christoph Jocko is a guy who likes a point fight and, and doesn't really have, you know, takedown offense look pretty good. His cardio looked okay. His striking, which I think he fancies himself as like a karate striker, uh, not that great. Not that great. Um, I, I don't have a problem with the decision. Both got two stars. They should have got fucking zeros because they're zeros. But uh, no, I, I you know it is what it is. All right, Alex Hernandez versus Mike Breeden. Uh, Hernandez looked good. I, I I I hate Hernandez. You know he gets a three star. Would have got a four. Would could even got a five because his performance was that good. But he fought a guy Mike Breeden on very very short notice. Breeden's tough dude. You know Breeden's a tough dude. Like he stepped up. He missed weight. This was a bad weight cut for him, and, and Hernandez went out there and, and slept him. But Breeden is, 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 a, is a durable, tough dude. So the first-round knockout is very impressive. It, it would have been a lot more impressive if this was a full camp for Breeden. I think they, they knew each other. 
Um, the coaching, they're very close to each other with the training. They, they kind of cross train with gyms and whatnot, but, um, yeah, uh, Hernandez looked good. I mean, I thought he, he stayed pretty, uh, mellow and, and modest in his post fight. He didn't go all crazy. You know, he, he went crazy after a couple wins and then he got put back, you know, got put in his place. I think he realizes like, maybe I'm going to go the humble approach. However, I think, and this is the right approach because you knocked out Mike Breen. He's a UFC newcomer, you know, no name kind of guy. But if I was Alex Hernandez, right, because I feel like he's he's a guy that people are going to hate, right? Just the way he looks. He looks like Mark Wahlberg from Fear. He looks like a serial killer, crazy person. When he was talking on that good shit events, again, when he fought Cowboy, everyone was against him, right? I feel like if he gets a big win, if he gets a rank win next, he beats someone with a name, that's when you got to go back to talking shit. Still be humble. Almost put on like a, 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 a fake front like Colby because that's what's going to get you. 155 is crowded. You got to stand out, right? You're pretty well-rounded. You have knockout power. Obviously, you're tough, you're tough to handle. You're strong for the weight class. You're in a shark tank. You got to stand out. And I think that's a way to stand out. It's smart that you didn't do it after this one because Breeden, again, I mean, what, what are you doing there? But uh, I, I really think that maybe the next time if you get a good win, it's time to talk that good shit because then you're, then you're on the map. People are going to want to pay to see you lose, right? I was hyped when he lost. I had no, I don't think I had any money invested. Maybe I did. Maybe I picked Cowboy. I can't really fully remember, but I, and I'm not even a huge Cowboy guy, but I remember being hyped when Cowboy beat him. Beat him like a drum. I was just because he was the bad guy, right? Um, and it's the same thing Colby's doing. You know, it's a good thing for his career. Maybe not do the whole Colby MAGA thing. Get your own thing. Get your own stuff. But really kind of talk that shit, man. Be a little bit arrogant. Uh, but you got to get a big win first. Jared Gordon versus Joe Selecki. This fight this fight was uh, pretty entertaining. Both guys, or excuse me, Selecki got a two. Gordon got a three. Selecki, someone pointed this out on, uh, on Twitter. I wish I can shout them out because it, it rang true. Slecky fights like he's just training. There's no urgency. There's no like aggression in there. The third round was pretty close. This was a very, very close fight. It was a split decision. Jared Gordon was my dog. Uh, I hit him with my dog. I hit all my props. Not really props, but you know, mortal lock, hit it, dog, hit it, send him home, hit it. So I'm very happy. I can't remember the last card I did that. But Jared Gordon was my dog lock. I, I just figured he was going to be a little bit scrappier, and he kind of was. Like, Joe Selecki just wasn't really, didn't know what to do off his back and didn't really know how to handle Jarrett Gordon. First round had Jarrett Gordon, all kinds of problems. And and the one thing that Joe Selecki needs is I think he's very smooth on the ground. I think he's very, very good. And when he gets your back, it's usually deaf. Jeff Gordon, or Jeff Gordon, fucking race car Jeff Gordon. Jarrett Gordon's just very good on the ground. He's a vet. He's not going to give up simple mistakes. He's not just going to let you take his neck. Joe Selecki on that first round was doing some really smart things, switching his hands, moving uh, moving side to side, switching his hands on that rear naked choke, was doing some tricky stuff that would get most guys. Jared Gordon just was locked in, and, and he's a tough guy to finish like that. But if you're Joe Selecki, your ground game is, is solid, right? Your wrestling game is okay. Your ground game is where it's at. When you're on your back, you're not great. You're better on top. But... All that will open up more when you learn some striking. His hands are, are not good. Kicks are non-existent. Really work, put on work in your striking. You know, maybe take a couple months off and just grind with a new boxing coach. You know, I know he's in Wilmington, North Carolina, which isn't a hotbed for MMA. I know Derek Brunson's out of there. I don't think he trains with Brunson. But you have to grind and, and get your hands right because if those hands become good, 
it's going to open up your game so much more because people are going to be striking with you and they're going to be worried about your hands. And then boom, takedown comes, right? And then if you punch some punch some heads up a little bit, get some bells ringing, you get someone's neck, it's going to be a lot easier to choke them out, you know? But I think Selecki is a good prospect. I just think this is a really bad match, uh, matchup for him. I think Jared Gordon is just is a tough matchup for anybody right now. I think he's an underrated guy, 55. I loved his call out, too. I think Patty Pimblett's a perfect fight for him. Uh, a ground guy, he's not going to overwhelm Patty, you know, and they want Patty to be a star, so... Give him a guy like Jared Gordon, right? Jared Gordon could smother him for three rounds, could could beat him up for three rounds, but that's where Patty wants it. Patty wants it on the ground, you know? So uh, be really interested to see. All right, Casey Neovis, Antonita Shachenko. This is where kind of controversy comes. Well, controversy is a weird word. This is where I need you, the wonderful, beautiful listeners, to tell me if I was wrong. So... Casey O'Neill is my mortal lock. She gets a three-star. Antonina gets a one. There's a cap where I'm not going to name any names. He's a great guy. So it's not like I'm not naming names because I don't want to name him. But great guy. He was tweeting all week and, and all day yesterday about how Shevchenko should be the favorite. He's all over. He was giving his pick out, right? And I just was like, huh. I, I don't know what he's seeing, right? Because I'm all over Neil, right? And this guy's a sharp. This guy's very, very good at what he does. He puts big money down. And uh, I respect him a lot, right? You know, we've had some, we've exchanged DMs before, like nice guy. But I just kept seeing the sweets pop up all, all kind of second half of the week. And then especially yesterday about Shevchenko, then the fight happens. I don't say anything to him, right? Because I'm on O'Neal and and the fight happens and O'Neal does what I thought she was going to do. Shevchenko is just not built for this. She's 36. She's a fish out of water when she's on the ground. O'Neal's really good on top. She's aggressive. She's young. She, her cardio. She's a freak. Um, everything that happened in this fight is exactly what I would have. I, I didn't maybe predict a stoppage. I thought maybe Shachenko would have lasted to the to the final bell in case Neil would have won a decision. But I saw the fight going exactly this. Casey coming in a little while, punching herself in. Antonino trying to land uh, some strikes, and then Casey taking her down, and then that's her world. So. After the fight, I tweeted this guy. I said, what did you see? And why did you bet Chiptanko? What did you see in her? And then I posted a little funny gift of Zach Galifianakis from the, from the candidate or the, what is it? Was that the, what the movie, the movie with Will Ferrell. Anyway, he was like, why? To his kids. Trying to lighten some things up. Some guy comes over top of me. Don't know who he is. Was saying like, I'm rude. I shouldn't have done that. It's so easy for me to sit here and say that to him after the fact and I'm like, well, well, hang on a second. Like, I put my prediction out days ago, right? Like, I, I have it up. Like, you can go to my shit and see that I picked Casey O'Neill. And I said, uh, in, that's why I, I approached it with kind of a joking manner. Like, why? You know, I'm not making fun of the guy for picking Shevchenko. I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to have fun with him. Like, why'd you go that right? I mean, she's, she's not good. He responded, well, you know, Casey O'Neill's fought two girls and they're both out of the UFC. Like, he had good reasoning and I liked it. I didn't comment on that. But this guy comes over the top and hammers me. You know, not, not the original, not the guy I commented. It's just some other stranger. And I responded back to that guy and we went back and forth. And then, you know, the, the, the original guy, the original, he was like, hey, you know, no, I never thought it was anything negative or whatever. But he liked the dude's tweet. And I'm like, and then I reread it back and I'm like, okay, like, am I in the wrong here? Like, I wasn't taking shots. I just literally, this guy's a sharp. He picks good picks. He sells his picks. I want to know what he saw in Shevchenko. 
And it was O'Neal basically fighting two trash bags that got taken out. But those two trash bags, she finished, right? So, yeah, even though sometimes you look at the competition, you go, oh, she fought two girls underneath the UFC. You know, she stinks. Yeah, but she took them out. She did what she was supposed to. If she had really close fights with these girls, eh, then you, then you start getting worried. But she matched up really well with Shotenko, the fact that Shotenko has no ground game off her back, right? She's pretty good on top. She likes being the hammer, not the nail. And then and she got TKO'd in, in case O'Neal proved it. But, you know, that's what I want to know. Am I wrong about that? Am I wrong? And then I said, listen, I there's a code in, in, in capping. And I've experienced it on this podcast. If you are putting it, we're not talking about picks, okay? We're not talking about motherfucking picks. We're talking about putting money up. Like, putting your own fucking hard-earned cash. This guy's a real gambler. He puts a lot of money down. His units are way bigger. Now, my, yeah, his units are bigger than mine. Not way bigger, but bigger than mine. And he's putting real money down. And he's losing real money. So, I, there's a code where you never, never rub it in when a guy loses. Ever. I just was curious because I was seeing all the fucking tweets he was sending out during the week. Commenting on people's stuff. And, and it, it, it would pop up. And I'm like, man... This dude is awfully confident in a girl who's got no ground game, right? And I didn't say that to him, but I was just like, why? In a joking manner, got over, you know, so ratioed is what I think they called it on Twitter. Guy came over top of me, you know, whatever. It was very cordial, you know, whatever. But there's a code. And I said this to him. I would never rub it in if you lost. And I, and I feel like I didn't. There's a code that if you're putting your own money down and you lose, you know, that there's no there's no shame in that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get you on that. Even though we were on the opposite side, I had 1.5 units on O'Neal. I think he had maybe two, three units on Shevchenko. We're on the opposite sides. And it's not one of those things where it's like, ha ha, I won. Fuck you. You picked the wrong girl. You should listen to me. Like I that's not how I go about things. And you shouldn't, especially when it's money involved. Now, if you and your friends are at like you know, we're at B-dubs or whatever back in the day when we watched fights. We bet a dollar, right? A dollar a fight. Who do you got? Oh, I got this guy. You got, right. We bet a dollar. That's when you could fucking start, you know, showboating. Because it's a buck. But in the capital world, you can't do that. So I felt like I was just approaching it like a guy who knows this man. I got ratioed by some other guy. So I just wanted to know if I'm wrong. Am I in the wrong of that? I mean, it's, cappers do get, <clears throat> I'm included in this. They get very sensitive when they lose. Um, it's obviously, this is real money. This is real life. I think this guy might be, it might be his full-time job. I don't know if he does it full-time. He sure seems like it. Um, but uh, we they get, we get sensitive, okay? We don't want to lose money. We don't want to lose. I think, you know, so it is what it is. I don't think I did anything wrong. You tell me if I did something wrong. If, I, if, I, if I'm in the wrong, I'm wrong, right? Because that's just the way life is. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I know. I just wanted to bring that up. I thought it was interesting. All right, next up, Carol Rosa versus Beth Cohera. Beth Cohera, uh, see ya. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. She sucks so bad. I'm glad she's gone. Carol Rosa's a, a future star. Beth Cohera, the only thing that was good about her was she was a good punching bag. That's it. All right, moving on. Oh, wait, Carol Rosa got a three, and uh, Beth Cohera got a zero. Sorry. I know, Beth, I know it's your retirement fight, but you did nothing. I mean, you get a zero. Bye-bye. Um, Jay Malarkey versus Devontae Smith. Jay Malarkey gets a four. Devontae Smith gets a two. I love this fight. Devontae Smith. Uh, Christian and I were split on this fight. This was my send him home. I had Jamie. He had Devontae. 
Um, Devonta is super explosive, powerful guy, but he's just right now in his career, he hasn't been in there with guys that can take his shots, right? Jamie Malarkey, old cement head. This dude can take it. And he took some big, big shots, big combinations kept coming forward. And Devonte, I don't care who you are. That takes a toll on you a little bit. You, you hit this guy. You're like, well, fuck other dudes fell. Why isn't this guy falling? And then Jamie just started really working the body, landing some really good knees in a clinch, punches in a clinch, and they just overwhelmed him and TKO'd him. Uh, TKO KO'd him against the cage. Uh, you know, Jamie Malarkey started his UFC career 0-2. I think I don't think he started off with Volkanovski because they, they have fought in the past. But I think after 0-2, I think he went and joined him. And his career has turned around. He looks to be in phenomenal shape. His head movement looked good. His striking is awkward enough. He seems to be pretty powerful. His ground game isn't terrible. He can threat, uh, threaten you with some submissions. But, uh, yeah, this is a great fight. Uh, no five stars, but Jamie Malarkey got a four. Devontae Smith got a two. I, I like his upside. I like his potential. Um, I just think he needs to kind of get in there and get some more experience in there and and get into like a three-round war and just not always expecting to a guy to fall when I land, I hit him, right? He went in there and was like, fuck, this guy's not falling. And then thing, and then that gets in your head and things start not going your way. Then it's a trickle-down effect and you start getting hurt or whatever. It, it's a little more mental thing with Devontae Smith because I think he has all the skills in the world. His cardio maybe needs to work out too. He slowed down a little bit, but he did put out a lot of output in that first round. Uh, Douglas Silva, DeAndrade versus Gantelo Perello. Andrade murdered a man in the first round. Huge left hook, took him off his feet. Big, big, powerful left hook. Andrade was like crying and weeping like a baby after. I don't know what happened. I don't understand Portuguese, believe it or not. But um, yeah, pretty impressive for a guy who fights once every two years. You know, knocked this dude out. Impressive physique at 135. He's absolutely ripped. I'd like to see this guy fight a little more. Uh, Pirello, I mean, maybe not UFC quality. Uh, that's the second fight in the UFC. Maybe he'll get another shot. Maybe not. Um, two finishes, I think. He's been finished twice. So, yeah. Uh, Silva got a three. Pirello got a zero. Stephanie Edgar versus Shannon Young. The only fight I got wrong. The only fucking fight. I kind of phoned it in. I didn't know much about either girl. I picked Shannon Young strictly best, uh, based off her record. She is wild. She is sloppy. Not very good. Stephanie Edgar from Switzerland. Uh, pieced her up and knocked her out in the uh, second round. Looked pretty good. She gets a three and, and Young gets a zero. You made me look like a fool, Young. And then the first fight not Alejandro Perez versus Johnny Eduardo. This fight was weird. Perez creeps me out, dude. This guy, I mean, allegedly, I don't even know if allegedly, this might just be my opinion of him, but he looks like a fucking crackhead. You know, the the way he carries himself and the movements he does and the way he talks, he's, he's a weird fucking dude. And Eduardo, I know this guy's like 40, million years old or whatever he is final fight in the UFC has to be at this point but it's like you're a black butt on the ground but every time it goes to the ground you lose and it's just I mean you get a zero dude get some ground game man uh Perez gets a two so overall not a great card I, I I'm happy because I won money there was a couple fights that stood out. Obviously, Malarkey, Devontae Smith were fun. Carol Rosa putting a beat on bets was fun. Case O'Neill was fun. Jared Gordon Selecki was pretty fun. Hernandez had a great knockout. And then Holland Dawkins would have been really fun, but there's a lot of fights that stunk more than than not. And that's ah, that's upsetting. All right. Let's get let's get to the, the ugly stuff. Let's get into the to the the ugly stuff with John Jones before we do the contender series preview. I need a drink here. I need to. I need to kind of calm my nerves because I don't. 
I don't love talking about this stuff. I like to hold my opinions until, because like opinions change, right? And I don't want to be a guy that jumps the gun in this cancel culture world and say some things and then real facts come out. Then you look like an asshole and yada, yada, but John Jones, the police report was disturbing, right? I think every man, if you're a man, you should be against putting your hands on any kind of female, let alone the mother of your children, right? I think that goes without being said. Like any kind of fucking real man knows that you're crossing the line. And reading their police report took me kind of to a place that's familiar, not really with me, but with like a really close family friend. She was very scared of her husband. He had guns. They lived on her street. She would come down and stay with us because her husband came home drunk, took her kids and they were like, we got to get you. And, and to this day, she's still with them. You know, it's just one of those things where she's like, if I take the kids and I leave on this guy, like he'll murder me. And I got that real sense with, with John Jones wife during the police report. She was like, when's he getting out? Whatever. And then now their daughter, not all of us, he has three daughters. At least one of them's old enough to know what the fuck's going on. They're old enough to know my dad's a train wreck and he's, he's, he's a lunatic, right? And uh, he has problems. So you read that police report and you're like, fuck, man. Because you, you first heard that he got arrested. It was domestic something. And then I don't even think the domestic thing was a, was a felony, but he, he damaged a police car. He headbutted a police car, which I think was a felony. Whatever, right? He was drunk. He went out. You know, he's there for the Hall of Fame thing or whatever. And then the exchange he had with after the cops about like, oh, take these cop faults. Let's see if I can take you. I could break out. You know, just the guy's just not there. The guy, the guy has some problems. And so after hearing the police report and everything like that, and just knowing all the stuff John Jones has been through, this is the first time I think that it's been with his like family, right? Like I know he left the last time he left during COVID and said, I can't, I'm cooped up inside. I'm sure he had a dispute with his wife. He left and was discharging a firearm or something with homeless people. I don't remember he got arrested for that shit. But there's a line you you don't cross, and that's putting your hands on a woman, putting your hands on the mother of your children. I don't think they've been together 17 years. And when I read that police report, I'm like, this poor woman is terrified of her life, terrified of what he's going to do to her kids. This guy's got so many, like every fucking Instagram picture, he looked like he was a, a Marine. He's got every gun in the world, and he's unstable. I just, it, it's just scary. So then now the talk and the debate is, should you cut him from the USC? Should you, I say yes, but it, it's tricky because you have people on the roster who do something similar, maybe not as bad as putting their hands on the female, but you, like Conor McGregor, he gets in trouble a lot. He's the cash cow. He's never going to get cut. He's never going to get fired, right? There's been a lot of accusations out there and, I think a lot of them have been proven to be false. Like the rape I know was proven to be uh, one of his bodyguards. There's a woman that came out that said that she, uh, the kid was his and he did a DNA test. It wasn't his. Um, then he got the, he walked up naked to that beach and like his wiener was, his dick was out and fucking, you know, a girl said, Oh, you know, that's sexual assault or whatever, which, yeah, but I mean, he walked, he was fucking coked out of his mind and drunk and walked onto a, a, you know, walked off his yacht onto some beach restaurant and, and was dick out. Um, that's obviously a problem. But the thing is, is, is what I'm trying to get out here is I'm, I'm, I'm rambling, but they're not going to cut Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, if he beats up his wife tomorrow, 
they're probably not going to cut him. And that's that's an and that, that's the way the world works. John Jones, even though he is not as big of a star as Conor McGregor, he is a huge fucking star. He's everyone's goat right now, right? I know he just got passed by Usman on the list because he hasn't fought in a while, but he's he's everyone's goat. Now, my first instinct was cut him, right? He doesn't want to fight anyway. He wants absurd amount of money. Um, doesn't want to fight Francis. It appears, you know, he wants time to gain weight and get his size right. And yada yada yada. You know, gave he's not a champion anymore. Cut him. Right, let him go. Let him go get these paychecks and fight bums over in Bellator. As big as of a draw as John Jones is, he's also not going to be that big of a draw in the Bellator because there's no one to fight. I mean, you're going to fight. Is he going to fight Ryan Bader every pay per view? That Russian guy, or you know what I mean, or or who's their heavyweight they got? You know what I mean? They don't. They just don't have Fedor. I mean, that's going to sell a little bit, but you want to see John Jones fight the best in the world. You want to see John Jones fight Francis Ngannou. You want to see John Jones fight Stipe. So my initial gut reaction was cut him, but then I'm like, well, you can't cut him because then you would have to make a precedent and cut Connor. I remember there was a guy, Cody uh, Eastley or East or something. I, he was a looking for looking for a fight, looking for a fighter, Dan White looking for the net, whatever that show is. He was out of Milwaukee. He was a heavyweight, came to the UFC, lost his debut, exciting fighter, found out that he was putting his hands on his old lady or something like that. It could have been way worse, but I, I think it was a domestic violence thing. And they cut him. No questions asked. And anybody else on this this roster that's not John Jones or Conor McGregor, if they, you know, maybe maybe not some of the champions, but if they got caught doing what John Jones did, they'd be gone. Like we were just talking about, let, let's look at this. Okay, let's say uh, um, Jamie Malarkey, right? Look great. Two and two in the UFC now, exciting fighter. It comes out that he beat his wife up in Vegas after the fights. She filed a police report. She said she's terrified of him, doesn't want to get out, blah, blah, blah. You think he's got a job? No, of course not. That's the way the world works. And I'm tired of people acting like it doesn't. That's just the way it is. John Jones, if he wasn't John Jones, he'd be gone after however many offenses he has. And, you know, a lot of people are going to compare, well, Conor McGregor's still around. And I agree. And I'm a Conor guy. I'm not a John Jones guy. So if you let Connor get away with it, you you got to let John Jones get away with it. Even though I don't think Connor's ever been busted for, I mean, he's punched an old man in the face, never hit a woman, and John is putting his hands on his fiance. And now he's coming back and posting Instagram videos of them kissing, and he was holding at her feet or something like they're acting like they're they're you know whatever. I know every relationship's not perfect, but I just have a horrible gut feeling that this is going to end so horribly. For that whole family. There's going to be a John Jones documentary. And his daughter's going to be in it. Crying their eyes out. Because how crazy their dad was. And the mom's going to have a tell-all book. When he, if he, you know, he finally goes overboard. It's just. I have such a bad feeling. And I think if you even cut John Jones. You let him go fight elsewhere. It's still not going to help. The situation he's in with his wife and his kids. I think the UFC. I mean I know Dana White is very vague. We'll let the legal blah blah blah. And I know they're not, you know, you know, they're independent uh, contractors, whatever. Fuck all that. John Jones has been with you for a long time. John Jones has made you a lot of money. You guys have bent over backwards for John Jones by moving a whole event over picograms. You got to get involved. You got to show up to New Mexico, you and the owners and whoever else. And you got to sit down with this guy and say, here's the fucking deal, Right. And you got to let them know, not, not only do you care that you're willing to go to Mexico, you're willing to confront them, you're willing to do this, 
But you got to let them know, like, we'll get you help if you need it. You need, what do you need? You need a psychiatrist. You need to be on medicine. You need to see a doctor. You want to retire. Let him know you care. He's earned that much. He's earned that much to every fighter has. But you can't just, oh, we'll see what the legal thing happens. Because that poor woman, God knows what's happening right now. Maybe John's the best husband right now. But then he's going to go off and flip out again. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a sad situation. The easiest solution everyone has is you got to cut him. You can't let him be around anymore. But then when another fighter does something like this, well, there's a precedent. You got to cut him. But this is a business. So they're like, well, wait a second. That's why Dana's being vague about it. If it wasn't John Jones, he would have been cut. Because John Jones could easily come out and say, well, wait a second. Conor McGregor's out there doing crazy shit all the time. He's not fired. Why is that? Is it because he's white and I'm black? Like, here's a lawsuit. A lot of shit could happen, right? And I don't want to bring race into it, but I mean, and I'm unqualified to speak of that, but that could that could very well be in a lot of people's minds, especially in today's age. You know what I mean? So what are you going to do? All right, Contender Series preview. Let's go. Uh, I feel like I don't know any of these fighters, but maybe I do. First fight, Patrick White. This is at 155 fighting Gennardo Valdez. 9-0, 9-1, Patrick White. Let's see, let's see what this guy's got here. So he's six foot, 28 years old, avalanche wrestling, fighting out of Alaska. Boys, you know what I feel about Alaska? Tell you something. You're suspect. Suspect with that fucking Alaskan fighting. I'm hoping he, he, he's in a. No, I know Alaska's America, but I, uh, no, it doesn't look like he is. All right. So this guy's record Tristan Diehart, five and two, one by knockout. Tristan Diehart again, four and oh. Uh, when knocked him out again in the second round, Trey Evan McClendon punches round one. It was 0 0. His loss is to a guy who was one in three, Chris Burbeek. He got knocked out back in 2018 by a guy who's one in three. He is now five and eight. Another Alaskan guy. Uh, and then, yeah, we just got a bunch of, of nobodies. He fought a guy six and two, Tyson Duckworth. What a fucking last name! Tyson Duckworth, 12 and nine. And never kind of made it anywhere. Stayed in Alaska. Tyson Duckworth. Well, the last thing like Duckworth, baby, you better be coming out with the Mighty Ducks fucking jersey on with that. So he's not in one. Alaskan fighter. I wonder who I'm going to pick here. Gennardo Valdez. He's coming from Tijuana, Baja, Mexico. Maybe training with Brandon Moreno. I know Moreno was down there for a while. He's 5'10". A little shorter. A lot of rear naked chokes. A lot of ground and pounds. Undefeated. He's beating guys six and four, eight and three, one and two, four and out. Yeah, like, give me give me Valdez over Patrick White by submission. Um, yeah, I mean I I can't back Alaska. Huh? I mean Patrick White could have like some sick striking, but I I I bet there's some serious holes in this game. Next up, two hundred five. Some of the bigger boys, Shante Barnes. Let's see here, thirty four. Okay, five eleven light heavyweight. Fighting out of North Carolina. Foundation style. This is fun. Punch first. Ask questions later. Whew, let's go. American top team, Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina is a dump. Just want to let you know. And let's see his record here. Eric Lalonzo. This guy's fought. Everybody knocked him out in round one. That was his first fight. Oh, excuse me. That was the last fight. Jay Ellis, 15 and 90. Jay Ellis, have you broke? Yeah, this is a guy that I just saw on Twitter. He finally broke 100 losses. He is 15 and 100. 
Jay Ellis. This is a guy that gets paid in to get beat up. He knocked out Jay Ellis in round one in 18 seconds. Eric Lanzo, this guy, oh, God. I feel like this is the guy. No, that's not the guy. Never mind. This guy's fought everyone, though. He has a draw without a mace. who's six and five. That's not great. A lot of wins by knockout. Two wins by submission. His one loss is to Nicholas Martino by rear naked choke. This gentleman is four and six currently. So stand-up fighter. Knockout or bust, right? He's fighting Joseph Holmes. His profile picture is him with some Muay Thai trunks on and, and, and boxing gloves. Could be Muay Thai gloves. Fighting out of Texas, 6'4". Significant height advantage, light heavyweight. Um, fighting out of Texas, that could be a lot of gyms. Don't know. Uh, and his profile picture is him in uh, <laughs> Muay Thai with boxing gloves and like all his wins are by fucking choke. Okay, so he beat Dwayne Diggs, 3-2, rear naked choke in the LFA, round two. Great. Michael Tolver, 0-1, rear naked choke. Muay Thai bout, he won back in 20. Okay, so he had a decision. He won his Muay Thai bout. He has a win over Ryan Lingager by knee in round one. Guillotine, Tyler Jones. His only loss is Jordan Newman. He has a nice little amateur record. So he's got one loss. You know what? Give me Barnes from the knockout standpoint. You know, he's a little bit shorter. Joseph Holmes is taller. Joseph maybe have, if he gets the fight turned around, it could be over. But give me Barnes by knockout. Let's go. Joshua Weems, 8-1 from Jackson, Mississippi. Featherweight, 5'8", 27 years old. Custom rules bout. That's, oh, he fought. That's right. He fought in the game, Brad. I was like, this guy's... He also has a win over Tyson Duckworth. Tyson Duckworth getting the rounds in, man. This guy's from Mississippi, and he's fighting guys out of fucking Alaska. All right, Weems. Uh... Chris Oshon by punches was his first loss. Second loss was a boxing bout to Javion Davis. And then he did some bare knuckle stuff. It looks like he's kind of just Mississippi me. He's almost like a Jason White guy. A lot of wins by submission, but he's also done some bare knuckle stuff and where submissions aren't allowed. So his standout's probably pretty good. He's fighting Fernie Garcia. I like that name, Fernie. He is fighting out of Dallas, Texas, Fortis MMA, Big Jim, Bantamweight, 12, or 29-5-7. So his, last, uh, his only loss was to Cody Freeman, the LFA. This guy's been fighting the LFA a long time. Seems like a wrestler. A lot of his win, wins are by split decision. Unanimous split, unanimous, 4-1, 9-6, 3-1. guy. Give me Fernie Garcia. He's probably just going to lay and pray uh, over Joshua Weems here. Um, but, yeah, give me Fernie Garcia. Weems seems like a kind of a crazy guy. Daniel Barres, 12-4, fighting out of Spain. He is 32, flyweight, 5'7". His uh, topology pitcher has, a, has him a belt. He fought in Combatas, UAE. He's fought in some pretty Bama. He's fought in some decent little organizations here. Chris Mean was a 6-0 loss. Manel Cap, he lost Manel Cap on his fourth or fifth fight. That's not bad. Manel Cap in the UFC, very high on him. David Zuwaka. By uh, he was 10 and 7. That's not a great loss there. And then uh, he's just rear neck and choke decision, knocking out people. Looks like he's pretty good on the ground. Looks like he's fairly well rounded. 12 and 4. Nice little experience there. He's farting Carlos Hernandez, right? Illinois VFS Academy flyweight. Illinois usually doesn't bring the heat uh, with people. He, he uh, won the LFA by decision. Matt Brown, not that Matt Brown, Taylor Van Hooser, Mike Russell. Yeah. This fight, this fight's a pick for me. I don't know. Give me the American. Like, give me the American over Barrez. All right, next up, main event here, 170. 
Shulman Smaritsky from Israel. Uh, 6'2", welterweight, 21. Looks very long in the picture. He's flexing up with some chicks behind him. Undefeated. Uh, <laughs> he's got a lot of Levies on here that he beat up. Uh, KO kind of wins everywhere. You know, TKO, head kick, rear naked choke, decision, KO, split decision over Sergey Yokolox. This guy's 13-8. He's a fucking Russian, though. Uh, I guarantee this guy knows how to wrestle, so he's got a split decision one over him. I, I like that, right? He's fighting Mike, Mike Maller, Canadian boy. I know this guy because how do I know him? How do I know him, Brian? I uh, Dalladu fight maybe Bellator. I feel like I know this guy. So James Saunders win armbar, armbar. Hakeem Dalladu he lost in the World Series of Fighting UFC vet two and zero. Had a draw with Thomas Dingan, five and four. That's not great, but that was back in 2015. Guy's been around for a long time. He's getting his now getting a shot. Uh, grappling about versus Vince Barboza, split decision. Okay, so this guy's just kind of all over. Took two years off, took another year off, came back in 2020 and, and rear naked choked Solomon Renfro, who was eight and one. That's not bad, but that guy looks like he has no ground game whatsoever. Give me the give me the uh, Israel boy. Give me Shulman Samarinsky. 170 seems well rounded. Those are my picks. Take them to the bank. All right, that's it. That's the show. I'll be back with a pick them this week. I'm, I'm not excited. You know, Christian. Oh gosh, headphones came out. Christian. Uh, hang on. A a real podcast. So I edit that out, but I'm not gonna do it. Christian, I, I want to talk with my boys. I want to talk with my guys, but. Uh, Christian had a bunch of audio issues. I had to do it by myself. What are you going to do? The bangers were on. It was a whole, was a whole thing. Whole thing. Trying to get the boys together again. The boys are back in town. But uh, we got to iron out the audio issues. Is what we got to do. Um, but there'll be a pick this week. I looked at the card. I don't love it, right? Mackenzie Dern fighting the main event. I love Mackenzie Dern. But the card is very, very weak. Um, does that mean it's going to suck? No. Just on paper, it's weak, boys, okay? People always jump down other people's throats like, oh, you're saying this card sucks. Yeah, guess what? It does. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to bet on it, but it's not a great card on paper, okay? So uh, it's an early day card as well. My wife works on Saturdays, but maybe I'll stream it. Like maybe I'll do like a live stream while I watch a few of the fights, sweat out some of the bets together. I've kind of been wanting to do that for a while. Uh, I don't know. I'm talking out loud now. All right, see you, boys. Woo! Do me a favor, get her down up there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, baby. Woo! Hey, little pal, we don't want you. Come on, motherfucker. Back. Come on. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.